What's going on and welcome to the Rager Show powered by Orange Weekly. If you're not familiar with Orange Weekly, we are the best source of Broncos content on this side of the Mississippi and the other side of the Mississippi. So both sides, (laughs) you can't find anything better than the Broncos content we have for you all here at Orange Weekly. And this is the Rager Show, a show all about sports betting, fantasy football, and how to put money in your pocket while you watch the Broncos play the Steelers this Sunday. As always, I'm joined by my co-pilot, Y'all know him as Jared. I call him J-Rock, man. What's going on? How are you, brother? I'm feeling good. Uh, not so great. You know, first loss of the season, so can't be too mad. But we also didn't do too hot in Ragers last week. Lots of injuries, man. Like, the injuries are killing us right wow. now, and that's it's, uh, hurting. Gosh, yeah. I mean, first losing week we've had in Ragers. And, you know, and just to, for the Broncos to take a beating was a really tough deal. But, man, you know, we'll get into it like we always do. But, you know, man, you know what time it is, right, Jared? Is it Beer 30? Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. And welcome, it's the Rager Show, as you know. Hey, Jared, man, DK hooked us up with some big stuff last week in week four. What does DraftKings have for us this week in week five, man? Absolutely right. Look, our brothers over at DraftKings are hitting us up one more time with another offer we cannot refuse. They are the official sports betting partner of the NFL, and this week they have something that every football fan needs to jump on. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game, any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was 1943, so this is obviously a no-brainer. You want $100 in free bets? Go bet $1 on any game at DraftKings. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, DraftKings will not leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with daily fantasy sports contests. DraftKings is also giving away new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with your first deposit. And don't miss out. Seriously, multiple people on the Orange Weekly crew last week took advantage of the offer in week four. It is week five, and here's what you need to do. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Throw down a $1 bet on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets. If either team scores a point, the promo code is TPPN this week on DraftKings Sportsbook at the official betting betting partner of the NFL just a reminder, you got to be over the age of 21 and only valid for new customers. So, Jared, man, here we go. We're ready to rock week five. How do you see this going down? And like we always do before we jump into week five, we got to break down week four. Rangers went one and four last week. It can't Ooh. be. It can't be. But guess what, Jared? I know y'all can't see this. Y'all are listening to this right now, but I'm going to show Jared something because I have purchased a new gift here, man, of the greatest <laughs> Bronco in NFL history. Number 87, the modern day number 87. And my guy, all reliable is the only bet that hit last week. Noah Fant. And for y'all, I got a brand new Noah Fant jersey from the NFL shop, bro. The only bet that hit. Uh, but but a devastating loss last week in in against the Baltimore Ravens at home, nonetheless. What are your just impressions after week four? So first of all, you look good in that jersey, brother. You look you look real good in that number eighty seven jersey, and you probably bought it with all the money that we've <laughs> we've made off Noah Fant in the last year and a half. Because oh my goodness, is he 
just bringing in the dough for us last year and this year. Um, absolutely amazing tight end. Super underrated in the NFL. Obviously, we have blue and orange goggles, but I think he's the most underrated tight end in the NFL. And as long as they keep his his yards low, as long as they keep underestimating him, we're gonna take the we're gonna take the over. We're gonna make the money. Yeah, no, it was a tough loss. Uh, you know what? Injuries was huge. I think once Teddy Bridgewater went out and Drew Locke had to come in, you just saw the defeat on everybody's face, the defeat on just like the energy wasn't there anymore. Not that it really was too much in the first half, but our offense just died real, real fast. Yeah. And a lot of it, I think comes down to the, the health of our two offensive guards. I know these aren't things that you really bet on, but that's, what's getting the pressure is when we have two, yeah. two rookie guards and a second year center, it's really, really tough to be able to contain and help uh, not get pressure to the quarterback. And it just wasn't there last week. Yeah, and, and you, I, I think I'm right there with you. I will say, though, even before Bridgewater went out, it just seemed like the, the Broncos just got out of the wrong side of the bed, right? It just seemed like they were off from the beginning of the game. But at halftime, the game was 7-17. It was a manageable game. Bridgewater kept them in the game. I'm going to say something I know some other folks on the Orange Weekly crew certainly disagree with. To me, week four, that was a atrocious coaching performance, not only by Vic, but also Pat Shermer. I, we've heard the criticism right in the second half with Drew Lock in the game, only a 10-point game. They ran the ball four times the entire second half. And Drew Lock, we all know, is not a quality enough quarterback to be able to sling the ball all that entire second half. So uh, frustrating loss, I think, is what I would say. Um, and, and as I think about this, Jared, I think the question that I have for you, and, and we're going to use this as our segue to go into week five, are the Broncos more like weeks one through three against these very weak opponents for, for all intensive purposes, or are they more like the team that we saw in week four against a formidable opponent? Which, which Broncos team is this one through three or a week four team? I think a fully healthy offense. We are a week one through three team. I, I do. I, you know, I hate, I hate saying it. I hate blaming it on injuries, but just to go back a little bit, I've always been a big fan of Pat Shermer. I really thought that his his schemes, his concepts were there, and I just hit, thought him and Locke were not on the same page last year. And you're right. I think I think what happened, well, well he only ran the fall four times in the second half, and we were getting, what, six and a half yards per a carry. carry in the first half, six, and six and Williams first half. was carrying six defenders down the field for 20 yards. And, totally. and we still only ran four times. And that was the first time that I was really like, what are you doing? Yeah. Usually rookie or younger offensive coordinators will do that because they think based on the score, if they're down by more than two, no matter what, how much time is left on the clock, they think they have to throw the ball. Right. But usually, I mean, he's been in the league for way too long to abandon the run game, especially yeah. with a guy like Drew Locke going in. I, that was That was super frustrating for me. So they need alone a bounce back game. And I oh. think the Pittsburgh Steelers are that bounce back game. I think that the defense is going to come out and attack. And I think our offense might be able to put up some points. Yeah. The, the good news, right? I guess for week five. And as we think about it, as we segue into week five is the Pittsburgh Steelers are probably more like the week one through three opponents that the Broncos <laughs> versus the week four Baltimore Ravens. And so I think you're right, Jared. I'm not going to weigh it all on this one game, one bad performance all around top to bottom, left to right. Every part of the game was a, was a bad, it was painful to watch as a Broncos fan, as somebody who's had his money riding on the game. Um, but I, as we segue into this week, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers 
are probably a team very much similar to the first three weeks. And, and before I pass on this to give it back to you, Jared, to start breaking down, I do want to mention real quick, Broncos have 17 players on injury reserve. That is tied for the second worst in the NFL right now of players on IR um, or on the injury report. I mean, it, it is a brutal, brutal situation for the Denver Broncos right now. We are just simply not healthy. So with that, Broncos going down to Steeler Nation, um, going to play against the Steelers early game, 11 o'clock game. Interesting tidbit. It doesn't look like the Broncos left early. Remember, when they went out to Jacksonville, the Broncos didn't end up leaving a day earlier than they typically do in the travel schedule. They won that game. For whatever reason, I've heard some hotel gate, something or something or another happening with the hotel. Uh, the Broncos are choosing to leave on a traditional day. I believe they're traveling tomorrow, not today. Just a, just a quick snippet there that Vic has gone back to maybe what he did last year. But let's go to your overall general impressions of the Pittsburgh Steelers as a, as a team, and then we'll start breaking down the position groups like we always do. So this is another one. You know, we, with the Ravens, we ran into a weird thing where uh, they had a lot of injuries the game before, and a lot of their guys came back. Uh, playing against us, and this is not the case for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has a lot of injuries, uh, and specifically as we get into the betting lines, as we get into some of these uh, some of these lines, their starting cornerback Cameron Sutton, who's their number one corner, is going to be out. He's already been ruled out for this game, um, so this is going to be a huge game for the for our receivers if we can get the time to get the ball. Um, I as a general consensus, though, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is not the Ben Roethlisberger of old. Yep. Uh, he has an, a hip injury that he said might uh, affect his throwing motion. And there's some other pieces to that puzzle that, you know, you yep. kind of have to keep an eye on on the defensive side. But overall, this this team is struggling. This Pittsburgh team's yep. in a rebuild. And I think they, they're starting to realize that this is the start of their rebuild because, you know, they, they can't they can't rely on Ben Roethlisberger anymore. Yeah, love or hate Mike Tomlin. You decide. He's never had a losing season as a head coach. Mike Tomlin, I hate to break it to you, brother. It looks like this is going to be the first year of your losing season as your head coach in a division that is stacked. I mean, the they, they are stacked over there uh, between Cincy, the Browns, and the Ravens. All right, so you, you kind of alluded to it. Let's start outside in like we always do. This is the segment we like to call Break It Down, Jared. We're going to start with the receivers against the DBs. Number one DB out on the other side. But Cortland Sutton showing up on the injury report. Certainly, we're down a couple of wide receivers on our end. How do you see them shaking out? Really, I'm just talking the top two. Sutton and Patrick against the DBs on the other end. Yeah, obviously Sutton and Patrick. So Sutton had a – it looks like he rolled his ankle in practice today, which is uh, Friday. And it, all for all intents and purposes, it's a minor rolled ankle. They took him out of practice because – for safety purposes. They didn't want to injure it anymore. Uh, it looks like he's going to be ready to go game yep. time. I'm more excited on the other side. We talked about this mom and dad thing back and forth a couple weeks yeah. ago. I'm excited on the other side. Tim Patrick, look, if you have your starting cornerback out and you are, if you only have one starting cornerback left on your league and you're, you're playing a backup on the other side, do you keep him on, you know, are you as deep as the Broncos are where you kind of keep it even once one plays left, one plays right, or are you following the number one receiver, which Right now is Cortland Sutton. Yep. So Tim Patrick, I'm expecting Tim Patrick to have um, just a ball to, tomorrow or on Sunday. And uh, Cortland Sutton, I think I think he's healthy enough to play. I like either one of those guys sure. completely. And I know you mentioned only those two guys, but remember DJ Moore. Yeah. He's yep. been with us now for two weeks. He's been practicing with us for two weeks. Yep. I think he gets a good a good shot with uh, the injuries that our wide receiver core has, has been receiving. And I, I think he gets a good look this week. I really do. 
And I, I suppose that was going to be my next question to you is who's number three? You know, we'll get to fan, but I'm just talking about in the wide receiver room. It looked like Hinton was that guy last week. And I think Locke and Hinton probably just had a little bit more of a connection because those two dudes play scout team all the time. And I'm wondering why if that's Hinton. So you think DJ Moore is that number three guy on the Broncos side for the wide receiver group? Yeah. Absolutely. You know what? And, you know, Deontay Spencer was having some injury issues as well. Um, Hinton is always just old reliable for us, whether it be quarterback or wide receiver. Uh, And you know what? I do think I think we got went out and got DJ Moore for a reason. And and the big reason is we needed that slot corner. I think he's going to get out there. He's going to be our number three for all again at the wide receiver room. He's going to be our number three. But I think our number three target is going to be our old reliable. Oh, reliable, baby. We'll get to all reliable here in just a few minutes there. Awesome. Um, let's work our way in. Tell me a little bit about the the safeties and the linebackers on the Pittsburgh side and how they potentially match up against our uh, our, our all reliable tight end group right here. Okay. Well, obviously we have a you know a, a famous name, I guess you can call him, and Mika Fitzpatrick um, yep. as the safety was once you know regarded as one of the top safeties. He's a yep. great run defender. Uh, but he's lost a little bit of a step. His pass grade has been has been downgraded. He hasn't been playing very good in the pass game. And overall, just in general, we'll just say that the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have not been doing very well against the pass. Now, I say that we did not do very well against the pass last year too, last week too yes. uh, against the Ravens, who's in their league. Um, but th- this this defensive secondary is is a little bit beat up now at linebacker. Last week we played uh you know we talked about Patrick Queen, a guy that I wanted to go get. Here we are again, another linebacker I want to go get in Devin Bush. Now Devin Bush is playing pretty decently yeah. in the run in the run pass or in the pass rush uh grade, he's getting it into the backfield quite a bit. If they decide that yeah. they want to start rushing the passer and putting some pressure on either Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Lock, at this point I'm still on the side that I think Teddy Bridgewater gets to start now that he's back and played a full practice, yeah. but yeah, that's-, that's another game time decision that I'm sure you'll talk about here soon. Yeah. Um you know, Reggie Bush getting into the background. I'm more worried about the interior defensive line, but we'll get to that. Gotcha. Yeah, and, and Bush, uh, Devin Bush, the linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, will always and forever be tied to Noah Fan, just in case you all forgot. Remember, that's the pick that the Broncos had, I think, sitting at number 9 or number 10. Traded out of that pick back to 21 or 22 to pick up Noah Fant. Traded with the Steelers. The Steelers do get Devin Bush. Um, inside linebacker on our end has continued to be an area of, of great weakness for our Broncos. But just, you know, side note, for you pessimistic Bronco fans out there, you can use that as some fodder as you watch the game on Sunday. All right, bring it inside. Give me the running back situation, the O-line. Give me the trenches, O-line versus D-line. Do we have any advantage in the run game or the pass game, or are we weak in either one of those areas this week? So here's here's my thing. O-line versus D-line. First of all, we don't really know who's going to be healthy. Right now it looks like right. everybody's tying Graham Glasgow and Dalton Reisner kind of the same you know, you know, post tweet, whatever you're watching, everyone's tying them. Like both of them are questionable. Both of them. I think Dalton Reisner comes back before Graham Glasgow. I and I, I think agree. Dalton Reisner definitely plays. If, if one of the two of them comes back and it's Muti playing at one of those two, I feel comfortable. I really do in the run game. Um, now in the yeah. past game, it's going to be tough. And here's why they have TJ Watt, who is the sack leader, yeah. the reigning defensive MVP, I at least sorry yes, he wasn't defensive okay. MVP. I think he should have been the defensive MVP. You have Cameron Hayward, who is an absolute monster on the interior defensive line. He's the first ranked defensive lineman in the NFL. And then on wow. the other side, you have Chris Wormley. Those two are two weaknesses in that infant inside guard spot. Is where their two strengths are. 
And that's going to be yeah. mostly in the pass rush. And that's, I think, what's going to be the most unfortunate thing for us. In the pass rush, if those guys can get in the backfield, we are so done. But if we can get to the second level, yeah. if we can isolate those guys or get the ball to the outside, then we might have a much better fighting chance. Yeah, totally. A little nervous here, but I, I think I got a line here that I like. But I want to ask you this question before we jump in and break down these numbers and break down these lines here. Is Melvin Gordon done as a as a professional? I mean, it, did, did, is Javante Williams the guy at this point? At this point right now, week four, no. Uh, no. Ask me again week 16, week 17. I, I, think, I think this may be the last year for Melvin Gordon. Uh, you know yep. he's not, he's definitely running. He looks like he lost a little bit of a step, but the one two the one two head punch is actually still working for us. I do hate again. We talked about it earlier the fact that we completely abandoned the run game, and this totally. has been a a fight for the Broncos that we've been trying to get for a long time. Like stop abandoning the run game. We are running six point eight six point nine yards per carry, and you stop giving them the ball after one stop. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Now. On that, with that yep. being said, lots of super cool stuff for Broncos country. Javante Williams is our running back going forward. I guarantee that. Yeah, lots of promise in that area, without a doubt. All right, let's go over to the lines for the day. So we're gonna get into the segment that I'm calling this week. Make that money. I don't know what it is. I'm just doing. We're doing segments from now on for our for our <laughs> fans that have been with us. Make that money segment starts now. And so, but I'm gonna start with this because I think it's an important note as we think about the lines is that the over-under in the game is set at 39.5, which in football sense is an incredibly low over-under. And the reason why that's important is when you see low over-unders, you have to anticipate the rest of the lines will get compressed. So, you know, typically we've seen Teddy Bridgewater's passing yards sitting at 240, 250 yards. If the over-under is set at 39, we're going to see a compression in his yardage, right? If the over-under was sitting at 50, we would see that line expand. So there, it, it does fluctuate based on the over-under. Right now, I think that everybody anticipates this to be a low-scoring, slow game with the with the shell of Ben Roethlisberger and the strength on the defensive side. Broncos also favorited by a point on the road. So, Jared, what are your initial reactions to make that money over 39 on the game and Broncos being favorited on the road? So I love the Broncos being favored on the road. Um, I do I do think this is a winnable game. Uh, I think our defense is really going to take charge. Over under 39, actually, I mean, you know what? From from the expert point of view, it doesn't sound terrible. I do not think that the Pittsburgh offense mm-hmm. is going to be scoring more than 7 to 10 points on the Denver defense. Yeah, and this is, what I, this is what I love here. So this is what we're going to get into. So I think, Jared, you and I both have the same analysis here. I think the Broncos win this week, and I'll get into the reasons why here towards the end. But one thing that we can do when we have these really low over-unders, and this is a line that I really like that I'm identifying this week, is that the Bronco team total is set at 19 points right now, that the Broncos as a team are going to score 19 points. And so I that is a line that I really like. I love, I love these low over-unders. I think the Broncos, particularly with Bridgewater, if Bridgewater is, the, is in fact the starter, Broncos over 19 team points I think is a, is a serious spot that we can make some serious value dollars I think the Broncos get over 20 um I like the Broncos over 19 but again I want you to keep that in mind as we go through these lines because we're going to start with the two-headed monsters in the backfield Javante Williams set at 43 yards for the week Melvin Gordon set at 41 yards for the week we looked at last week both of them covered that in the first half because of their 
huge rushing totals. Who do you like um, this week? Do you like either of those lines? Do you like neither of those lines? Um, what do you like? I like both of those lines. Uh, but, again, it yeah. comes down to, again, what, what what I don't like is is the way that our coaches have been calling the game. And, I think, and again, like I said, I think that they're hearing, I think that they're listening to us right now. Look, Coach Fangio. Yep, pull your pull your offensive coordinator aside right now and tell him to run the damn ball. You have two guys back there yeah. who can run the damn ball. Give them the ball, man. So uh, now that they've heard totally. us say that, I think that they're going to run the ball this week. Yes, totally. I here's what I like. The eye test tells me that Javante Williams is our number one back. I like Javante Williams slightly better. I, I feel more confident with that. What is he? The uh, Angry run recipient. Of the, I've never even heard of this thing called angry runs, but I think he won like the right. NFL award for like angry runs with his double whammer spin move, carry 19 people type of a run that he had in that, in that game. I'm going to take Javante Williams. I agree with you, Jared. I think we go over both of them because I think they're going to emphasize the run this week also to protect Teddy Bridgewater just a little bit, but I'll take Javante Williams over 43.5. I like that slightly better than Gordon because I trust Javante Williams to not go down at the point of attack, to make some positive yardage, particularly against these really strong defensive tackles. Absolutely. I have, I have a running back line for you that I want to hear from you. I yeah, like I like Javante Williams' longest rush over 13.5 yards. Yep. And I, you know, I Talking have, about... I got my little sheet here, man, with all my notes on. I even got that line down right here, bro. I even saw that line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about breaking tackles and getting into the secondary, he is going to get more than 13.5 yards on one rush. I I, I can almost guarantee oh. it. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I saw that line too, but here's we go. That's where they're projecting the over-under for his longest rush of 13.5 yards. If he covers that, that means, you know, 43 yards on the game I think is a very doable number for Javante Williams. I think he's – Quickly emerging to be the number one guy. He's passing the eye test for me. I like Javante Williams. Getting to the second level over 13.5, I think, is a valuable, valuable play this week without a freaking doubt. If you're playing fantasy football, again, I would avoid them in any daily fantasy lineups. Um, And for the two of them, uh, RB2 with a little bit of, um, you know, maybe Melvin Gordon's an RB3, and I think Javante Williams is probably an RB2 with a little bit of upside if he gets away with a couple ones. Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton um, are the only two receivers right now that we have lines on. We have nothing on Fant, but what is the rule about Fant? If his yardage is over under 45 yards, you bet Fant. It doesn't even matter. So for folks, as we're watching for Sunday, if it's under 45 yards, you're going to bet on Noah Fant. I don't even care. You're just going to take it because it just wins. He just wins. He's like Tim Tebow in 2014 or whatever year that was. <laughs> um, so just take um fan if it's under 45 tim patrick 51 yards corlin Sutton, 45 yards jared do either one of those lines seem right wrong up down left right what do you think i they seem high uh and i and you know what we talked about the mom and dad thing like one of those two is going to get over to and here's the other thing i i hate i hate injuries because we don't know who's going to be playing quarterback or for how long and that was the worst part about that last game for me totally. is teddy bridgewater going out with concussion is we had a lot of money riding on him being quarterback the whole day yep. and and whether it be his you know uh his throwing yards or whether it be somebody else's receiving yards we were expecting it be him the whole time so him being out with concussion him coming back is is difficult because you don't really know you kind of have to play safe with that if Teddy Bridgewater is our quarterback, I like Tim Patrick over 51 Agreed. more than I like Cortland Sutton kind of hobbled up still injured injury hit limping from last week over 45. 
I, I totally agree with you, Jared. I think that between the two, Tim Patrick is the one um, that has the better chance of covering their yardages um, in the game. I think with Sutton just being on the injury report again, you never know with Sutton. I think Tim Patrick's old reliable. Who the hell else is going to catch the ball? That's the part that I'm a little bit concerned about. And we'll keep an eye on DJ Moore and see what we have going on there. I'm going to stay away for right now. Um, let me think about it. Let's soak on it. Again, if you go over to Twitter, OW Ragers on Twitter, I post a lot of great stuff that are on Football Sunday. Um, we might be able to catch something there. But, um, you know, we're, we're, let's stay away from right now. But I agree. I like Tim Patrick slightly more than I like the other one. So let's cover a couple of these Ragers real quick. Both of us like the Broncos. I'm going to take the Broncos minus one. I think that the Broncos win. And here's the reason why. And here's the real reason why. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are more like the first three teams that we faced in the earlier part of the year. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are a bottom five or a bottom 10 team in the NFL this year, unfortunately, or at least they are right now. But more importantly, Vic Vangie, I know you're listening to the podcast. You are coaching for your job. I, that is the reality. If you listen to the narrative around Broncos country right now, we're pissed. Nobody's happy about the loss. And we think that it looked like a piece of dog, steaming pile of dog shit loss. I mean, it, the, the when you ha- there are good losses and there are bad losses. And I think you know this as a football coach. When you have losses where it looks like your team is playing and they're competitive and you just, you know, the ball doesn't bounce your way, you can hang your hat on that. We got our asses kicked on Sunday. And we got out coached top to bottom. If I see a performance like that again numerous times throughout this year, there is no way in hell Vic Vangio should be the coach of this Broncos team moving forward ever again. All week long in practice, all you hear from the players is we got to get inspired. We got to get motivated. And all of these weird anecdotes, Vic, you're coaching for your job right now. I think he knows that. I think that's why the Broncos win this week more than anything is because I, I think that we're going to see those fourth down and go forums from the 35, anything we can do to give the Broncos a chance to win. I'm taking the Broncos minus one. I am going to take the Broncos to go over 19 points in the game. So I'm I'm saying that they're going to score 20 points or more against this Pittsburgh Steelers offense. All of this is, of course, contingent on Teddy Bridgewater. And last, for right now, because we're going to get to a couple little nuggets here in a second, I'm going to take Javante Williams over 43.5. If you like over 13.5 longest rush, you take that. That's fine with me. I like them both. I'm going to take over 43.5 because I think they are going to commit to the run game, not only because they got criticized for it last week, but also to try to keep Teddy Bridgewater upright. So those are my Ragers for today in the Make That Money segment of the OW Ragers show here on Orange Weekly, Power of Orange Weekly. Hey, segment day. We got a new segment here because, of course, all the segments are new today. But I'm going to do some rapid-fire <laughs> questions for Jared. And then Jared's going to hit me with a couple of rapid-fire questions at the end. But here's the rapid-fire questions. Give me a yes, no, and a couple of sentences here. Teddy Bridgewater, over 225 yards passing, yes or no? No. And the only reason I say that is because that pass rush is going to be in their face. If we get anything, it's going to be the short stuff. We're not going to be able to let the middle to deep stuff develop. It's got to be short. I'm not, I, I do not think we go over 220. I, I don't know who else is going to catch a ball, to be completely honest, too. I, I, I can see about 150 or 200 yards receiving on the stat sheet right now between Patrick and fan, maybe a little bit of running back love. Um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I, I'm also staying away. Big Ben, will he throw a pick this week against the Denver Broncos secondary? 
yes, this is the toughest secondary that he is going to face, has faced so far this year. And he has thrown he has thrown an interception every game except for Buffalo. He threw one against Vegas, two against Cincinnati, one against Green Bay. And like I said, toughest secondary he's played yeah. since then. Absolutely throws an interception. I think so too. You got to pay a little bit of juice this week. Vegas also thinks he throws a pick minus 160. Again, this is the question that I ask Jared all the time. Jared, if I handed you, if you gave me a $20 bill and I gave you $30 back, would you take that? Absolutely. Yes. So always cash tickets. Big Ben throw an interception minus 160. Question number three, will Von Miller get back on the sack train this week? That's a tough one. And I say yes again. And here's the reason why, because he has gotten a sack in every game except for the Ravens game. And the reason he didn't get a sack, and I wholeheartedly believe this, is that our game plan was to contain Von or to contain Lamar Jackson. Totally. And we are so worried about containing Lamar Jackson, he would not be able to have the chance to take a, a clean shot. Totally. I, now, now Ray and the rest of our listeners, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but Big Ben and Lamar Jackson do not have the same athleticism. <laughs> and I don't think Big Ben is going to be someone that we need to contain. So uh, totally I think agree. I think Vaughn Von has a clear shot at him, and I think he gets in that on that sack. I agree, too. We'll watch the odds. Sometimes we see some odds that pop off for Vaughn Miller to get a sack. I think he also gets a sack this week and gets back on the sack train. In fact, I think he gets two sacks this week and really lights things up and makes things going. Jared, who scores a touchdown for the stinking Broncos this week? I, I want to say Javante Williams. We talked about the running back room. I think it's going to be very difficult to pass with the amount of pressure they get. It might be a screen. It might be a run. I think Javante Williams has the heart and more than anything. <laughs> Javante Williams to score. Jared's laughing because, listen, I, it's, it's an arts and crafts studio over here because I have children. <laughs> and so I can only find a freaking uh, expo fucking marker and a piece of construction paper to write my lines on. But here's the deal. When we have a compressed line like the over 39, what we see is that the anytime touchdown scores, you start to get a lot of value in them because they don't expect a lot of touchdowns to happen. Javante Williams plus 210. So you're getting two times your money if Javante Williams gets in the end zone this week. I starred Javante Williams, so did Jared. I like Javante Williams. Uh, Sutton, plus 230. Fant, plus 240. Tim Patrick, plus 270. All of these guys, the main four outside of Melvin Gordon right now, you're getting two to one odds for them to score a touchdown in this game. Uh, hell, you can take your pick this week. If I were to put my money on somebody, I like Williams at plus 210. I also like Tim Patrick at plus 270. I think that he's going to be our number one target in the wide receiver game. Tim Patrick's old, reliable. He tends to get in the end zone so often. Plus 270 for Tim Patrick feels like a tremendous amount of value. Four questions, man. We got four answers for y'all. No one, uh, Bridgewater going over 225. Big Ben is definitely throwing a pick, if not seven of them. Von Miller's definitely having six sack lunches. And I think of the odds to get in the end zone, our big four outside of Gordon all have two-to-one odds just if they score a touchdown during the game. I think you're safe with any of them that you'd like to take a coin flip on. But I'm going to put my money on – I'm going to do a little sprinkle on Williams and Tim Patrick to get in the end zone at both positive plus two times odds. That is the first segment of Ray Ask Jared Questions. Now, flip it over, Jared. Your chance here, man. If you got a couple questions for me, this is your moment to shine. I got some questions that might take a little bit more explanation because I'm really trying to learn more on this betting side, right? So over under on the first half is 19.5. And we know that the scoring usually happens in the second half. How do you feel about the 19.5 over under in the first half compared to the over under being so low in the second in the total game? 
Yeah, you, you know, Jared, I think you're you're kind of spot on with something that we oftentimes see, a little phenomena, if you will, when we see some of these games. Number one is particularly in college football games, second halves tend to be way higher scoring because I think coaches and teams certainly have a little bit more of the adjustments that can be made on the flight, definitely benefit the offensive side of the ball. In the NFL, what you oftentimes see in the first quarter versus the second quarter is that the first quarter has a you know, the over-under of the first quarter might be seven points, and I bet it's probably something around that for this game is seven or eight or nine points. And the over-under for the second quarter will be sitting around 13 or 14. And it all comes down to a number of possessions, right? In the first quarter versus the second quarter, what? how many more possessions are there typically? And so in this game, um, it doesn't surprise me that we see in the NFL a little bit more of an even split between the first half and the second half because I don't think that the adjustments – favor the offensive side of the ball as much as they do in college football and some of those other areas. I think that number's right on. I think if you were to look at the quarters, I bet the first quarter is like eight points or seven or eight points. Seven. I bet the second quarter is 13 points or something like that. And so, um, again, that's probably because, you know, the transition from the first to second quarter doesn't have to start with a kickoff. A team might be in the red zone right at the start of the second quarter and can get those fast points there. So, First quarter over seven. I mean, that's an interesting line. If you think about the game and you think about some of those things, of course, now the Broncos haven't scored an opening uh, <laughs> opening drive touchdown in what twenty three uh, straight starts. So hopefully they'll get in the end zone quick and often. And and I would love a no brainer, easy winner, wire to wire. Broncos dominate thirty to ten type of game would make my heart so happy. What else you got, Jared? Absolutely. So that was you were you led right into it over. Uh, what are the odds uh, right now that the Denver Broncos score on their first drive? Boy, just I just mean, not has, not not Vegas odds, but just your mentality. It what be, like, it has to be a point of emphasis. Like what I don't understand is in the Vic. Vic's been the coach around here for how long now? You script the first fifteen plays, and the fact that they haven't found a way to put points on the board consistently in that first drive just blows my stinking mind. I. God, I want to say yes. I want to say that it's going to happen. I want to say that the team rallies behind Drew Locke. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. But if Drew Locke is out there, hell no. Not a chance in hell. I'd give um If it was like plus 300 odds, I think it would be worth the sprinkle. Anything less than that, I think. Um, I'd give myself three to one odds on that they score an opening drive touchdown. Perfect. Now, now, last thing I want to mention, you know, we always take our, uh, you know, our Broncos because that's what we we know and love. But what about taking knowing strength on weakness this this week? Their yeah. defense is their strength. Our offense is our weakness. Our defense is our strength. Their offense is their weakness. We are very mirrored teams in in yeah. all aspects. How about taking some of the unders? Have you ever have we thought about taking any of the unders on the Pittsburgh Steelers lines? For example, Ben Roethlisberger over two thirty five, or yeah. sorry, under two thirty five uh, passing. You know, you know the one that's interesting to me. Now, you know, we have on the Rager show in the past taken a few situations, and this was a couple years back when we used to do the live Rager shows on our Facebook page. There was a certain few situations where we actually would take the opposing team's number one wide receiver, and we would just take the under each week because of the way that the matchup works. If I was to take an under on the other side of the ball, and this has secretly kind of become a strength of the Broncos, I would look at Najee Harris this week and take an under in the rushing game. The Broncos held the most prolific run offense in almost NFL history, basically to 100 yards, uh, to the point where they had to run that last play to uh, you know get over that 100-yard rushing mark in that game. I would take a look at Najee Harris's yards. Um, I, he's definitely the back that's had the most production 
are the most carries and touches this year in the NFL. I would take a look at his production. Here's why I would stay away from Big Ben and the wide receivers this week, though. We, we love the Broncos, but I, I'm betting with my heart or my head, not my heart right now. I think the Broncos are going to come out in dominating fashion. I think that's going to force Big Ben to throw the ball more than he wants to. I wouldn't be surprised if Big Ben throws 40 times in this game, 45 times in this game. And because of that, I think that that will inflate his offensive stats just a little bit as they're going to be playing catch up from the end. I would, however, though, be interested in Najee Harris. And I, I don't have that line handy if you have it there. If Najee Harris is sitting anywhere in the 70s, 60s, or 70s, I think under on Najee Harris' lines could certainly be something that is of value this week. Najee Harris is 54.5 yards. So, yeah, you, they, they probably adjusted that slightly. That sounds about right. Najee's the bell cow on that side of the ball. So, 54.5. I bet he's right at that number this week is what my gut tells me. Yeah, even even mud said normal normal juice one fifteen. Uh, that's hey, those are my questions. Ray, I appreciate that. Yeah, always, man. Hey, listen, y'all, y'all have been rocking with us. Thank you. We tried out some segments, little question, <laughs> sprinkle the cash. Who's better than who? You know, I can't even remember what the segments' names are. And well, guess what? We're gonna make them up next week. It's like whose line is it anyways? Where it, it, the show's made up and the segments don't matter. So here, here's <laughs> where we're rocking, man. Hey, this but is the money up. does, and that's what we're good at. That's right, but the money does matter, and we are OW Ragers, Orange Weekly, the Rager Show, where we try to make you money, put money in your pocket. This week, uh, wait, think we got three clear Ragers that we're definitely taking. We're going to do a couple little sprinkles on the side. Again, we like the Broncos. We're going to take over 19.5. We're going to take Javante Williams over 43.5 yards rushing. We both believe Big Ben's going to throw an interception. You got to pay the juice, pay the lady, minus 160. And we're going to sprinkle on Williams and Tim Patrick to get in the end zone. Um, you know, a little half unit, of, you know, your 5 or $10 or whatever your quarter unit bet is for you folks out there. Three Ragers. I think we're going to make some money, Jared. Uh, last thoughts about going into Pittsburgh and hopefully winning an early game on Sunday. Hey, you know, we, we, broke, we broke the tradition of getting our ass kicked on early games on the East Coast. And I think that's another time that we could do it here. The coaching staff is being is under fire, and they fire. they cannot be, they cannot be ignorant to the fact that they're under fire for the way that they coached last week. I think they come out running the ball. I'm excited for this game. I think that we come out hot. I, I agree with you, Ray. I, for all intents and purposes, I really really hope that we come out hot, score pretty early, and they're they're playing down and we're playing the defense for it. Um, but you know what? It's Broncos football. So regardless of of whatever happens, I'm super excited that it's here. Still three and one on the year. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and going into winnable games that we think this is uh this is another winnable game going to four and one to going into week five. Would well, I would love that, and I love a morning game because then we make money. We can sit back, relax, enjoy the rest of the day with money in our pocket, man. And I just sure hope you're right, Jared. I hope we go four and one. We're we're looking good as we look into the next couple of weeks. Always a pleasure riding with you, man. We are Orange Weekly, the best source of your Broncos news, fans, brews, Broncos news. We got shows for you each and every day, man. Jared, always appreciate running with you, brother. And you know what it is time for, man. Always go time for Broncos. go Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.